Welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are not financial advisors. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guest is not formal advice or a recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. Welcome in. This is the Fundamental Analysis Show, our Sunday episode where we go over a stock and help you learn about it in 20 minutes. But before we get to Peloton, our company today, I'm going to throw it over to Ryan to talk about our friends at 7investing. Oh, right. Yeah, we have our coupon code, CCM. Which, promo code. Promo? Yeah, whatever. But it's uh, you get $10 off your first month and it's normally 17 bucks, So you're getting all their picks dating back to whenever they started for literally $7. So uh, it seems like a no-brainer, but, I mean, that's from us and we get a kickback. So, yeah, yeah we love, feel yeah, free to you, support us. Yeah, if you want to support the show in any way and also get a quality product while you're doing it, you can go to 7investing and, yeah, use the discount pro- code CCM. But let's get to the show. We're talking Peloton. Ryan, do you want to introduce the company? Yeah, so I feel like most people know who Peloton is or who what Peloton does, Uh, but they're an exercise equipment and media company. They describe themselves as the world's largest interactive fitness platform. So basically they have two fitness hardware as well. I guess there's different iterations of both now, but the, they have the bike and the treadmill. Um, And then the bike, if you've never seen this, it's sort of a, it's a stationary bike and it has what looks like an iPad on the face of it so that you can watch classes on it. And the bike costs around $2,000. I think it's like 1890 or something like that. And it, you can finance the bike purchase over 39 months with 0% interest. And the classes cost around $39 a month. So the classes are more of a subscription and you get like virtual interactive classes there's other people that are taking the classes at the same time you can see how well you've done it's like actually a pretty competitive atmosphere it feels like um i don't know like a huge cycling class if you've ever done that yeah there's Um, a big community aspect to it right and then the uh treadmill i believe is similar but the bike's much more popular bike's Um, gotta be 90 percent plus the revenue yeah and then uh as far as history goes, in 2011, John Foley was an executive at Barnes & Noble, and he was invited – or sorry, he invited his former colleague, Tom Cortese, or I think it's maybe Cortese, uh, over for dinner, and he pitched in the idea of what Peloton would be. The two agreed that some sort of bike with a screen for virtual classes would be a good idea, so they got $400,000 in seed funding for a few angel investors. That's not a lot of money, FYI. For a company like this, no. Yeah, and uh, – over the next year, they built a prototype with a few other co-founders. So all they had was one prototype, a name, and a few guys. And they ended up building up this business, and they had a lot of trouble getting investors because no one liked the idea of just a hardware business, which was just a cycling class at home. And that's what investors saw it as. Little did they know it would become the business that it's become today. But because of them having so much trouble getting funding – John Foley has roughly 30% of the business still. He owns that. Wow. And the other executives altogether, I think they make up like 58% of all the voting shares. Wow. That's a lot. That's a yeah, lot. It's huge. That's and, a, it's big. Before, I mean, they're going to be, if the company works out, they're going to be very, very rich. And it's also good because they have the incentive uh, to align themselves with shareholders. Yeah. And they were not, uh, so they weren't very diluted down prior to going public. Um, and I might be getting. They had, I know John Foley had 30% of the voting, voting shares okay. 
So um, there might be a dual class. There is a dual class, but it said like combined total voting power was thirty yeah. percent. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. And the reason people doubted them so much is because typically hardware businesses have trouble, and the only one that's really had success over the long term is Apple. But in reality, people compare Peloton to Apple a lot, where it's like, well, it's not that much different, but the brand, um, I guess, matters a ton, and they've able they're able to uh, you know beat the stereotype of hardware businesses being bad. But I'll get into the valuation next. EV or enterprise value is $27.8 billion. As the time of recording, we understand it's been a volatile week, so really check up on what the enterprise value or market cap is trading at currently. It could be a few billion different by the time you hear this. Their ticker is PTON. EV to sales, 11.8. Uh, no dividend, no buybacks. They're in full growth mode. Uh, EV to gross profit is 27. So, you know, expensive, but not crazy as what I'd classify it as. You know, if we look at the earnings that Ryan will get into, you can see that they probably deserve a premium valuation. How much an investor has to decide. Margin adjusted EV to sales, which is what we do where we take EV divided by gross profit or sorry, gross margin and sales growth. Um, that is 11.8, which is really low and driven by the trailing sales growth being super high up in the triple digits. And that's likely not going to be repeatable, but Again, the high revenue growth could really help them get to a sustainable valuation quickly. Um, Just, you yeah. know, it's not a guarantee. That's the thing. Yeah, I think some people look at the triple digit revenue or top line growth and think it's going to like stay that way forever. It obviously can't. So that doesn't yeah. make it a bad investment just because growth slows. You just have um, to expect it to come down to the, the double digits um, right. eventually. Uh, but I'll get into the earnings then. For the first quarter of 2021, revenue was $758 million, up 232% year over year. 79% of that revenue is connected fitness. So that's like the purchases of the bike. And then 21% is subscription revenue. Uh, this quarter, they had 77.8 million workouts, uh, so amount of people that worked out. No, sorry, not amount of people, amount of workouts done yeah, by that's not, their subscribers. That's not a financial metric. That's just usage or whatever. And that was up 306% year over year, so it's kind of showing that people are spending more time on the platform. And then uh, they had 1.3 million connected fitness subscriptions, up 137% year over year. 43.4% gross margins, although subscription gross margin is 58.5%. I think the goal is that subscriptions start to make up more as this uh, as Peloton gets later on to their life cycle. But obviously, even if people are subscribing to it, if they are doing really, really well and selling more bikes, it's hard for subscriptions to make up a majority of the top line. Because, I think, yeah, they just want them to both grow at the same time right, right. now. Yeah. And then they had $69.3 million in net income, $119 million in adjusted EBITDA, $2, mil, or $2 billion in cash and cash equivalents. Uh, and then their operating cash flow margin was 41.1%. That's a pretty interesting that's a that's an appealing yeah, number i think there must have been some one times things i tweeted out that yeah they had 312 million operating cash flow looking at that enterprise value it doesn't seem crazy but uh, there's some things on there that likely attributed to that happening um whether it was inventory something like that that wouldn't be repeatable uh so that's a good number but We'll see what happens over a trailing 12-month period or you know the next few quarters here. And then one thing I forgot to mention on the uh, balance sheet is that they have no big liabilities outside of their long-term lease liabilities. Um, and then some other liabilities are deferred revenue. But if you think that people are going to continue to subscribe and keep their bikes and not send them back, 
uh, they should be fine. Did you check any of the stock-based compensation numbers? Uh, not bad. This quarter, it was $29 million. Okay. So not crazy, but not zero. It's just something, obviously, with a company like this to watch out for. Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi includes advanced security to help protect all your connected devices. You'll get real-time alerts. Oh, like this one. So you don't have to worry about malware. Or when your kid downloads a song from a shady link. And now all your computer can play is Red color, red color, where are you? <sighs> all blocked, thanks to advanced security. Included with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. Advanced security must be enabled in the Panoramic Wi-Fi app. Restrictions apply. Okay, welcome back. First up now is digging trenches. What do you think here? Does Peloton have any sort of moat, any competitive advantages? I'm going to go, and this might blow your mind, I'm going to go with a three. A full-blown moat. I think it's incredibly sticky. I think the community aspect has driven people to stay on. And anyone that I know that has a Peloton, we talked with Richard Chu last week, they love it, which usually when you have raving customers, it builds some sort of retention and stickiness. I mean, people have tried to launch competitors, but there's a massive network effect with Peloton's business. As influencers come to the business, as more people flock to being a Peloton member, the next one, it's incrementally the value of joining is higher. Yeah, and then maybe before the pandemic, people would have thought, all right, there's room for a competitor to step in. But now with them just accelerating their business so much, they may have hit escape velocity where not even someone like a big tech company, unless they invest billions and billions of dollars, um, they're not going to be able to compete with Peloton. Now, does that make the value? You still have to take into account the valuation, things like that. But does the business have a strong moat? I'd agree, maybe like 2.5, um, but it's definitely high, and that's one of the reasons people are very, very bullish on Peloton. What are you looking at for further reading? Further reading, uh, how they plan to incorporate non-cardio activities. It seems like a tough problem to solve. Do they want to steal lifters from the gym, or are they just trying to add people who didn't go to the gym beforehand? Uh, is that the market they're going after? You know, you can't implement a squat rack. You can't have a dumbbell set in uh in someone's home you know you have to get a little bit innovative on there uh do a you know some sort of way to solve problems are they gonna have bands or all the different types of things so it's kind of tough um sort of acquire those type of people but if they can get them on the subscription uh you know software whatever it is that's i mean that's a whole nother market to go after that's just as big as the cardio one yeah, and I think that's sort of what Mirror, the company that Lululemon acquired, right. is going after. And maybe I'm wrong, but their bike plus, I believe the screen can turn. Uh, so I think you can kind of use that as sort of like a mirror type thing where if you're doing at-home band workouts, something like that, uh, maybe they move into that market. Maybe they already have. I haven't really looked into that. But that yeah, that's definitely something to look for, uh, look forward to. And then – for me, I'm looking at the success of the upgrade cycle. So like I said, they recently launched their bike plus. So it's about $500 more than their original bike. And I'd love to see in coming quarters uh, on the conference call, if they mention how successful this has been, because yeah. if we're seeing a lot of people that originally owned the normal bike and are upgrading to the bike plus i think the apple comparisons are warranted they're actually warranted yeah because it's kind of like the iphone iphone pro thing and even though maybe someone comes out with a technically superior product uh then peloton like a samsung 
uh, the brand value of the Apple or Peloton. Actually, you know, people are like, oh, brand value. Oh, it's just hardware with an iPad. Um, I mean, Apple, that's Apple's entire business. So, yeah, and it's maybe I'm wrong, but it is the most expensive business in the world or most valuable. Right? Or, or yeah, one of the three. Yeah. It, it changes all the time. Uh, future growth opportunities. What do you okay, have? Okay, I'm sticking with the same theme. Strength training. They said strength workout usage is up 500 percent year over year, and it will be interesting to see how they work around the equipment. Like I said, you know, no squat racks, no machines, no full dumbbell racks. But I mean, with the video offerings, with the mirror things, there's ways they can go about it. They can attract people to get these digital memberships um, without having to get the bikes or the hardware. Because I know, at least my style of working out and your style of working out, we like to do like you know more of the resistance training type things. Yeah. Um, and if you could have that value proposition for people like that, I would consider signing up. And I know there's probably millions of other people out there that would. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's sort of going after all those like 30 to 40 year olds that signed up for P90X, whatever it was, 10 yeah, years yep, yep. ago, um, and sort of replacing that. And some people make the argument that it's like, well, what about like the heavy lifters? And I'm like, they're never, they're never going to do this. Like, And in it, reality, there's not that many of them. Right, and maybe they incorporate some form of cardio into it, and they could get a Peloton too. But they're like, that's not who Peloton is going after. Yeah, so and, it doesn't really matter. Yep, yep. Um, and then for me, I'm looking at uh, they, they're starting to partner with influencers. So this morning they just signed a partnership with Beyonce, and so we're recording this way early. I think it's a week early. Yeah. So uh, four trading days. Yeah. It's probably been a week since this was announced, but. On their investor relations announcements, they stated Peloton, the world's leading interactive fitness platform, which are you referring to yourself in the third person? Yeah. Uh, no, companies do that. It is strange. But. And Grammy award-winning global entertainer and entrepreneur Beyonce today announced a broad multi-year partnership rooted in the celebration of music, a central component of the Peloton class experience and pro-social initiatives. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what the partnership details because uh, – they said it was broad and I'm not sure if she's like teaching classes, but she has been a member for a few years. And I think the more people that you can sign on that are influencers, it starts to become like a really expensive social media platform. Yeah, sort of, sort of. I mean, the integration with like Instagram stuff, people can easily see that adjacency. Um, but I mean, I think in reality, Peloton has a lot of money. They can give Beyonce a lot of money. And then that, that marketing spend, um, if she, you know, is able to, acquire listeners or not listeners excuse me i was thinking of music uh, acquire members that's great it's all worthwhile and wouldn't you i mean wouldn't you feel more inclined i guess maybe not beyonce for us but like if you're competing against wasn't rory mcelroy on there or something yeah, yeah i see i think Don't, jeff mack tweets about it how he competes with rory mcelroy because he's a golfer and he invests in peloton doesn't it like just make you kind of want to join the platform yeah if i was a biker or like a spin class person I see no reason why I wouldn't be on it on Peloton. Okay. Highlights and lowlights. What do you have? Okay. Uh, the rapid growth that they've gotten here has shown that they can achieve operating leverage. Um, once, once they get to scale, it feels realistic. They could get to 20% free cash flow margin. I know you had the gross margin currently in the low 40s, but with the if digital members become a larger percentage of revenue, that should inch closer to 50% over time. Um, you know, if connected subs can grow up to 25 million plus, that should be a lot of high margin revenue there. And there should be operating leverage, uh, to hopefully increase those margins. That's really what matters to an investor over time. Uh, low lights for me, CEO did lie about their profitability pre IPO. He said we we're surprisingly profitable. And then the S one came out and they were hemorrhaging money at the time. So 
Um, that was a red flag to uh, me. It's although, an internal metric. Yeah, he could have been talking about their unit economics, but that does concern me a bit, although um, might have just been one slip-up, you know. Everyone can make a mistake. Uh, another low light for me, though, is it's a very popular stock. I don't like to... T- I don't like to... <laughs> Hopefully, something I invest in becomes popular over time because it does well. I'm not too interested in something that has gone up 200%, although sometimes, you know, that's warranted. You got to balance those things out. Um, and I'm not sure once gyms open up fully if they can still be operating cash flow positive. Uh, this boost may have just, you know, been a one-time cat. It doesn't mean the business is bad, but it, it, it doesn't mean that profits are here to stay in a normalized environment. I want to see if they can still generate those uh, operating profits. I will, I will burst your bubble a little bit. Uh, most gyms are open. And well, we are in Washington, which was a pretty locked down state. Um, some of them are like a little socially distanced, but most gyms are operation. Okay. When, all right. When gyms are normalized and everyone isn't, everyone's everyone, confident to go back, confident to go back. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I, my highlight is that they, when this vaccine news got announced, they got ripped apart. I don't think this is a stock or this is a business that customers run away from when COVID ends. I would say Zoom. Yeah. Like there are plenty of companies that their shift to digital was temporary. I think Zoom is maybe one of those. I think we did hit peak Zoom during COVID um, and we're still probably in peak Zoom. I would say Peloton is not one of those. I think the convenience, uh, the customer, obviously the customer enthusiasm for the product makes me feel like they're here to stay. Um, And then the recurring revenue model will, the subscriptions over time, I assume, unless the hardware continues to sell it triple digit growth rates uh, will start to make up more of the top line, making it obviously higher margin. So mm-hmm. good operating leverage there. Um, and I guess, so. sorry, another low light is the fact that the hardware, you know, the, the hardware revenue may disappear slowly. They might not be getting growth from that. And that could slow down revenue substantially. That could scare investors. You know, that, that's something that could happen. Yeah, it's something there. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm reaching for low lights with this business. Um, so I guess the one that I have is a heavy portion of their management is from Barnes & Noble. Um, which maybe is, they learned their lesson. Yeah, I mean, maybe you coming from a losing company might actually be more valuable than coming from a winning company because you've learned a lot of lessons on what to avoid. But True. Um, I, I believe like 42% of the company is owned by uh, Barnes & Noble. Barnes and Noble's old CEO, and then John Foley, who was an right. exec at Barnes and Noble. Um, but I'm really reaching there. That's like all suspect. Yeah, I guess you could say that churn may increase once you know things get normalized. But that's just something to watch out for. I'm not confident that churn will increase, and if it even does slightly, um, I mean, it doesn't make the business bad. Yeah. All right. More or less interested. I'm definitely more interested, uh, especially when the valuation has come down. Something to look at. Again, I do. I worry about them being such an efficiently traded stock, although the consensus can lead to the, the 10% drop that possibly would have been unwarranted. Uh, but yeah, it being so popular does concern me, but there's no concerns about the business. Um, I can see why a lot of people love this company and the valuation, if you believe in the community aspect, if you believe in the competitive advantages, and if you believe in the software sales becoming larger over time and their ability to get to 25 million plus users. Um, I mean, sounds good, you know, <laughs> like there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And uh, I'm definitely more interested. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I hate to make like short term predictions, but I think they're going to blow Q4 
or the Christmas season out of the water. Like, oh, if if the, any inventory indicators are there, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about all the people that are buying this that are working. I don't know for friends, family, that kind of thing. I've heard that a lot of people re-gift the bikes, really, which seems weird. But I want to be a re-gifter. Uh, I know, from but that Seinfeld episode. But the, no, twenty ours, to thirty percent free cash flow margins on an EV to sales of eleven. Yeah. Like, but I mean, that's potentially, potentially, right? I mean, that could be a huge. Right now, it's forty percent operating cash flow margins. Obviously, that might have it's been a one-time flip. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I love the business. Yeah, the let's see. I mean, another anecdotally, a lot of people are ordering Pelotons, and you see them in the FinTwit community. They're saying that uh, the orders are not coming for another three months or so. You could barely get them in time for Christmas. So that's that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah, and I have heard the argument before that people are like, well, it's still a hardware business, and it's like some of the uh, hardware isn't a bad thing. Like it might be naturally a little lower margin than software, but some of the best businesses of all time are a blend of hardware and software. Yeah, yeah. And the hardware, you have to have a brand. I mean, Dell, you know, yeah. nothing can happen there uh, when something like that changes. But yeah, we're good to go. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, remember to use our 7investing promo code CCM for $10 off your first month. Uh, remember, we are not financial advisors. Anything we say on this show is not formal advice or recommendation give us any recommendations for new shows to do by emailing us at chitchatmoneypodcast at gmail.com or if you're on twitter dm us at our chitchat money feed those will be in the show notes as well uh thank you all for listening we'll see you on our next episode